the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, I'm live from Branson, uh, Missouri, and uh, joining me today is, of course, uh, Elizabeth Sotolaro. She is in Conway, and Heidi is in Little Rock. So through the uh, masterful work of uh, wonderful technology, we can be all over the uh, United States and be on together and uh, doing a show. Uh, the weather here has been dry from the time we got here. And has been, a, you know, it was a nice afternoon yesterday. We went down to the landing for a little while. And uh, if you've been to Branson, you know where I'm talking about. And did a little shopping down there with folks uh, from here for the tour, from Little Rock Tours. This is the trip that we talked about for several weeks. Uh, we've we've got a full bus load. We sold out the tour, which was fantastic. Uh, doing the first tour we've done and. In uh, over three years, you know, we were going to do one last year, but COVID-19 raised its ugly head. And so uh, we had to put it on hold. We did. And now we're back and uh, things are going great. Keep watching LittleRockTours.com, the website. We have two uh, short tours that we're going to do later in uh, this year. Uh, One going to Fort Worth where you go to... What is it? What was the ranch called in in Dallas? Do you remember uh, Elizabeth? Was it the North Fork? Is that what it was called? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I think that that was North Fork. But anyway, we're going to go out to that ranch. Uh, we're going to do this in November. Uh, go out to the ranch and spend some time uh, there and take everybody on a uh, cowboy uh, dinner. Which will be fun, where they have the, you have uh, the beans and all of that, and uh, steak and and whatnot, <laughs> and then uh, they have uh, uh, cowboys, real cowboys out there, and and they sit down at your table and and tell you about what it's like to be a cowboy and uh, taking care of of cattle and things of that nature, and then I guess they got their their own sons of the prairie, and they're going to be singing some cowboy songs, you know, tumble and tumbleweed and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's kind of, that's coming up. And, and going along with that trip, uh, Fort Worth has a brand-new uh, exhibit, and it's the exhibit on John Wayne, and it's got uh, a ton of memorabilia from John Wayne's movies and things of that nature. I thought everybody would enjoy going to that, and then we'll spend a couple of hours at uh, 
former President Bush's uh, library that he has there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a trip that you leave on like a Thursday and you come out back on a uh, Sunday. So it's a quick trip in and out, get to do a lot of stuff and have a great time. And one of the other places that we'll eat at is down in the in the stockyards, which is always a great place to go eat if you want a steak. You want steak, you oh, go to yeah. Fort Worth. Good place to, to have steak. And we're working out the one that will happen uh, uh, early on in December, which will be down to New Orleans. Uh, we're going to go to the World War II mu- Museum. If you've been there but haven't been, in the last year and a half, and uh, probably most of us since COVID-19 hit, they opened a brand new exhibit. The first time that I went to the World War II Museum, I was really impressed with it, except that it basically was all about the European theater. Well, if you know anything about World War II, there was uh, two theaters in World War II. One was in Europe, one was in Asia. And uh, they just opened a new exhibit called The Road to Tokyo. So I, I, wow. uh, I, want, I really want to see that uh, being stationed uh, uh, in the Pacific and over in uh, the Far East uh, for five years. I'd really want to see the, the exhibit they put together. You can walk around. I was on Guam. You could go on Guam and Saipan and Tinian and all those islands of the of the uh, island hopping campaign that went down as they made their way, picked up the airstrips that they needed to be able to take the battle to uh, Japan. You can go out and see the old, uh, you know, uh, pillboxes. And if you're a diver, you can do some diving. The water's so clear. You can see the landing craft that didn't make it to the islands and uh, that are on the bottom of uh, of uh, the China Sea and things. It's a really... Uh, interesting to look at but we're going to do that and uh, we want everybody to do some christmas shopping as well since we're getting we'll be getting close to uh, christmas that's another one where we'll leave on a thursday come back on a sunday because we know people got work that they got to do and but uh, it'll be a lot of fun to go on that one as well but things are going well here uh today <clears throat> we're going to be going to see jesus at sight and sound then we're going to have dinner at uh, mel's diner and then uh, this evening we're going to another show as well. So a lot of things happening here on our end. I've got a group a picture that I'll take a picture of and send to Elizabeth and put it up on the uh, the Dave Ellswick uh, show Facebook site. And uh, we took a picture. I took a picture last night. Thought it came out really well. Uh, you remember Brooke, who's been on my show uh, on lots of different occasions performing. That's Gina's daughter. She performed last night uh, at uh, uh, Clay Cooper's show that we went to, which was, by the way, you come to Branson, you've not seen the Clay Cooper show? You need to see it. It is an outstanding, outstanding show. It was really, really good. And I don't know who the who the biggest, are, uh, you know, uh, artist is in it, whether it's Clay or it's uh, a guy by the name of Gum that uh, is there too. He does all kinds of impersonations and stuff uh, and and switches voices and singing styles. He did a Tom Jones last night that was dead on. I mean, a dead on. He did a Trump 
that was dead on last night. It was really, really, it was a great show. It really was. But uh, check out the picture of uh, Brooke. Uh, she's up on stage with the band, uh, with the lights and everything. And I'm telling you, when you look at that picture, you can see this girl, I think, has got uh, big things ahead of her. I uh, was talking to Gina last night. She's going to be performing again in September in Nashville. And uh, Gina couldn't let me know who the artist was, but it's an eight-time uh, CMA award winner, Grammy award winner. So uh, she's going to be f- performing with them. So um, I'm going to try to f- figure out what's going on and about that. And I, I talked to Gina, and I think we're going to put that up on the site. And if people want to go to Nashville and go to the Grand Old Opry, maybe do a weekend trip and go see Brooke perform, we'll make that possible for, for everybody to do that. So, Elizabeth, we got more important things to talk about than all the fun that I'm having here and that everybody could have had if they came along with me uh, here to Branson. We had a, we're having a good time. I mean, we really are having a good time. You sent me something. <clears throat> Excuse me. You sent me something. Conway 2035. And uh, this is kind of a, a rollout of where the fathers and mothers of Conway, this, you know, the city fathers and mothers, where they want to take the city uh, over the next 12, 13 years. And here's my problem with it. You tell me if you got this problem with it. And that is this thing is not only woke, it, it's woke, it's up. Uh, it, it hasn't combed its hair yet. It looks crazy, and it sounds crazy. That's a good analogy. <laughs> That's a great analogy. I have this mental picture now. Uh, yeah, Conway 2035, the plan for what Conway wants to do in the next uh, 15 years. And it's, oh, boy, is it a mess. It's riddled with all those great little terms that you've been discussing for the last few days about wokeism and uh, gender inclusion and diversity and lots of fun stuff. We have such major issues in Conway, and they surveyed. It's sort of like special elections, Dave. You know how we we learned about special elections and how the, the, the powers that be would only tell their buddies about those elections. So they got a small turnout, and they would always get what they were looking for. Uh, Conway is very big on saying they, they've surveyed the citizens. In this case, about 1,800 of their favorite friends turned in their questionnaires. Nobody I know even knew it was going on. And now they've unveiled a plan, and they're saying this is what the citizens want. 1,800 people have decided that in Conway, arts is the most important thing that we need to work on. Arts, and entertainment, and culture. Yes, that is our most important issue for the next 15 years. And, uh, you know, everything else takes a second uh, position. Uh, the the categories, if you uh, – and I'll put the website up on your page uh, okay. so people can take a look. Conway, if you're listening, you need to go look at this and make sure you understand what's coming. Um, yeah, they, they really need to look category, at it. Yeah, yeah. The first biggest category is arts, entertainment, and culture. But the next biggest category, the most important thing, is diversity, belonging, inclusion, and equity. And that comes before education, comes before jobs. Um, When you look at the other 
section of it. It's divided into parts. We have a part about the people and a part about the places. But when you look at the part about places, now Conway has a major flooding problem. We've lost businesses repeatedly in our downtown area because we're in a bowl. And when it rains like it's done the last few days, we drown. Um, We already have a ton of bicycle paths and and so forth, roundabouts. The, The most important thing on the side of the page when it talks about places is beautification. The very last important category is streets, sidewalks, and drainage. So it's very interesting to see the the priorities that have been placed by, uh, I would say, the powers that be. Well, you know, the whole thing about a vision for a city, uh, the first thing you got to take care of is your infrastructure and make sure that it's going to be good. The last thing people want to do is wake up in the morning and have water in their home because... Uh, you don't have uh, correct ways of, of moving the water out of the streets. I mean, you talked to me this morning that over the last about two and a half weeks, you guys have had 10 inches of rain in Conway, and uh, that's caused problems there, a lot of problems. It's it's oh. a problem. Like, say, we are in a bowl, and we, <laughs> we've had numerous times, it's been in the newspaper years and years and years, uh, business owners downtown going going to their business at midnight because we've had a flood in the middle of the night and they've lost. You know, you see sandbags even today along the doorways of downtown businesses. Um, yeah. Now, in all fairness, they're saying they're going to use some of this Federal Rescue Act money that it's possibly mm. going to be used for flooding. I guess yeah, that would well. keep this Conway 2035 from having to deal with that. But um, there are well, three we'll goals do- they want... I don't believe that they're going to worry about flooding until they say they're going to worry about flooding. And the last people mentioned in this study, when they talk about people at Conway, are small business and entrepreneurship. And we'll talk about that. We've got to get a break in. Let's do that 19 minutes after 6. I'm Dave Ellswick. Thanks for joining us on the show today. I'm in Branson, Elizabeth and Conway, Heidi's back in Little Rock, and we'll turn it back over to Heidi for a few moments to bring you these. All right, so Elizabeth and I have been talking about a presentation put together by the Chamber and other people in Conway. And if you live in Conway, just know that these folks evidently don't think that, uh, you know, flooding and uh, impor- the important things of making a city run are really important. Uh, having public art and things of that nature uh, trump all of that. And they have a section on public safety, and there's 10 goals. And I'm going to tell you, when you read this, and we're going to put it up on the Dave Ellswick Show page on uh, my Facebook page, and you can you can join my Facebook page just by going there and saying, I want to join, and we let you in. And read this. Take some time, if you live in Conway, and read this. In fact, if you don't live in Conway, you might want to take uh, the time to read it, because this is what a lot of city governments are doing uh, now. Uh, this, is that, this is that tsunami of wokeism that is a you know, breaking on the shores of America. And in this 10 goals on public safety, I'm going to tell you, there's only one word that is not in it that should be in it, and that is unfund. Because as you read this about public safety, uh, 
it's not about the police. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, it's not about the police. It's about what what the police. They don't want the police to be involved in. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's it not says focused on law and order. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. It says in 2035, Conway will establish an independent citizens review board for public safety departments to review misconduct and excessive force claims and review development and training to ensure transparency and accountability. In 2035, Conway will take advantage of the current crisis stabilization unit in Pulaski County with a long-term goal of creating and funding an independent crisis stabilization unit to better serve and protect citizens with special needs of any kind. You can, boy, I'm going to tell you what, that's a wide open ball field there. Uh, In 2035, Conway will have a robust set of options to respond to emergencies, including a local crisis stabilization unit, non-armed response teams, social workers, trained EMTs. I thought they already had trained EMTs in in Conway. Trained how? For what? Uh, So that local dispatch have a variety of teams available to respond to a diverse range of emergencies in an equitable and safe method for all members of the community. In 2035, Conway has reduced or eliminated all fines and fees associated with the criminal legal process, including cash bail, to decriminalize poverty. That's another wide-open field. To, to, so, to run so around here. Comment right there. The comment there is that sentence, the way it's written, infers that poverty is the reason for fines and fees and criminals. I mean, come on. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. And if you're a criminal, why shouldn't you be paying fi- fines and fees? Well, you know, reduced all fines and <laughs> Anyway. No, it doesn't. Con- it says have have reduced or eliminate all fines. I'm going to tell you what. Or eliminate. With the way that these people think, elimination is the operative word. That's that's one of the biggies. In 2035, Conway will demonstrate a greater focus on community policing and training, so that residents and officers will better trust one another and depend on one another. In 2035, Conway will establish a formal program by the community, experts, and social workers, sort of like this one, together with law enforcement to reduce the real number of arrests and incarcerations in 2020. Get ready, folks. That must be a typo. Minneapolis has arrived in Conway. Minneapolis, Minnesota has arrived. You know what they they came with? Well, no, it's coming before then. This is where they yeah. want to be in 2035. Doesn't mean that yeah, they're not going to already start it before 2035. Uh, watch out for your your uh, your policing uh, in uh, in Conway. Uh, like I said, the only thing that's missing uh, from uh, what they're talking about here is uh, the whole thing dealing with un. Funding. Well, the word defund does not appear here, but the next one does say Conway will decrease the incarcerated population and arrest rates by 50 percent. And it says and crime will also be down by that proportional amount. 
So our city has more people contributing to our society. Man, you know, I told you when we were just talking, this sounds like something, this sounds like a dream when you're running 104 fever or after you took a tab of acid. I'm just telling you, this is crazy. (laughs) This is crazy stuff. It really, really is. Right here in Conway, and we have, you know, well, we have two major colleges, and we also have the Baptist College. I I need to pull you in. need to pull you in. we got to go to the news. Let's do that right now. All right, here's your final piece uh, from uh, dealing with public safety. In 2035, Conway will hire a more diverse workforce across the public safety sector to better represent all citizens in our community. Okay, so... Uh, I don't have any problem with hiring diverse people. I don't think there's anything in uh, in law saying that you can't have diverse organizations right now. And of the people being, uh, you know, hired uh, on the police force or uh, hired at the jails or, or whatever. You know, I'm just doing taking uh, talking public safety here. Uh, if you go through this. They got they got school for their police officers there in Conway, correct? Oh well, I mean they you know they go through training. They have to. Yeah. Okay, I have a problem so. with you hiring based on skin color and not well, on competency. Well, I agree with that as well. And I hope that's not what that means because you know it's a, yeah. I, it's a little I don't. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, we don't want to hear that we're going to. You got to have. Uh, the police force is, I don't know, I don't know what the percentage is for, you know, how many minor, different minorities by percentage there are in Conway. But uh, don't try exactly. to make your police force that way, because all that's going to ha- make happen is that you're going to end up going out and getting people that perhaps that's not their driving force of what they want to do. And uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know how it is. And I know how it is. We've seen it happen in the past. Uh, It should be on merit and not on skin color. I mean, Dr. King would be rolling in his grave if we were hiring people by by skin color. That's what he didn't want to happen. That's what he was running him out of town. He wouldn't be allowed to get on Facebook and comment about his opinions at this point. (laughs) I got you. Well, you our our listeners, everybody can can read this. It is now out on my Dave Ellswick show page on on Facebook. And other people now are becoming aware of it and starting to read it. And it's so funny. I I gave a speech uh, uh, last Thursday uh, there in Faulkner County about wokeism. And, man, this is wokeism uh, on steroids. Fault, Dave. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not your fault. It was yeah. put out in late May, and uh, I think it just hit the airwaves, so to speak, over the weekend. People were just uh, becoming aware of it over the weekend. And like you say, the only thing in it is, uh, you know, the word defund is not there, but they're de-emphasizing policing student resource officers at the schools, uh, anything about law enforcement, they're uh, de-emphasizing, and it's more important to elevate arts. And uh, DBIE, the new word of the day, DBIE, diversity, inclusion, uh, don't even remember it all. Yeah, always remember, it's like when I talk, and we'll talk tomorrow, I'm sure, with Congressman Hill, Congressman Westerman in D.C. Uh, 
one thing that you have to have is a lexicon uh, because uh, they will mm-hmm. come up with all new terms and uh, and words for you for what they want to do. Uh, it is it's the same old song and dance. It's just going to be uh, a way of them uh, doing it and saying it in a different way. Okay, that that that's what they do. Democrats well, and, it's critical. and the left are great about that. Semantics is a is a game that they play all the time. Well, it's the first step, one of those first steps to dividing and conquering the people when you and I are no longer able to even talk to each other because the words don't mean the same things, then that cuts us down immediately and isolates people. And that goes along, of course, with the censorship that's going on. And like you say, you have to know the lexicon. You have to know what the words mean. This new term, D-B-I-E, diversity, belonging, inclusion, and equity. That's the number two thing in this that's, plan. Well, that's going to be their big thing. That, that's that's the, what it's that's all about. Thing. It's not about making policing better. It's not about, you know, clearing up flooding. It's not about It's not about anything that governmental entities should be concerned about all the other things they're talking about here is the uh, the people of conway themselves churches and and organizations should be coming together to bring all that to fruition not the city government you know it's an artificial construct that they're setting out there this diversity thing i just realized i don't think i've seen the word church or religion or families in this plan very many times or very many places. I haven't seen that. Um, well, I, I, all I can tell you now that I think about that, you know, I've you read hear a about lot what cities want to do. Let's make family, you know, make it better for families to live here and, and, you know, people to be comfortable. And But who has gosh. the final word? Who has the final word? Is it the people or is it the government? And folks, mm-hmm. This is a, these are steps towards totalitarianism. This is the government. Now you're getting into the hard stuff. People have to wake up and do something about this. Yes, that's exactly and right. They're not happy with it. Now you're getting into the I got to get up off my chair and out of the TV and quit putting memes on Facebook. I got to actually do something. Yeah, because if you don't, it's the the ending is not going to be good. All right, we always talk about the First Amendment here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. And I got an article here, and let me just read how this starts. It says, we can thank God for the First Amendment, though though there are certainly challenges in the United States. Okay? And, And they're right, because you talk to young people today, First Amendment doesn't mean as much to them as it did for the baby boomers uh, when, when we were in full uh, bloom, so to speak. It says uh, there's a story. Uh, it says none of this is surprising. Free expression rights are being assaulted across Western Europe. In Scotland, for instance, though only 5% dis- disagree with the statement, free speech as is an important ro- right. And this is the same thing that happens in the United States. You ask people, do you think the First Amendment is necessary, and like 96 or 97% will say, absolutely. 
But then you come back and you you talk about uh, hate speech. You bring that up. And should it, like, be punished? And, like, 30% will say yes. Well, you can't have number one and believe number two. You can't believe number two and have number one. 21% in Scotland believe it should be a criminal offense to say that someone born biologically male cannot become a female, and 40% under the age of 25 believe this that believe that that statement that I just gave to you. Uh, earlier this year, the Scottish government proposed hate crime legislation that would come with. Hold on now. It used to be you just had to worry about being censored on Facebook or whatever. Uh, In Scotland now, uh, it comes with seven years imprisonment for, quote, stirring up hatred, unquote. And, quote, hate speech, unquote, laws are gaining momentum there as well. On top of that, I can take you to to Canada where they don't have a First Amendment and the exact same thing is happening. Now, here in the United States, we still have a court, uh, a Supreme Court and many local courts and and, uh, you know, in the food chain uh, that will stand behind uh, your your right to say what you want to say. But. The people will dictate that by how much they think and how important uh, they think free speech is. And that argument about free speech is changing in our country. It is because the young swinging. People, yeah, the young people don't care. Because our young people have been taught in school that if you say something and you disagree with me, that is hate speech. And not only is it not okay for me to just walk away, you have to be not only shut up, but taken out. That's what they're doing. It's not okay to just say it and walk away or say it and ignore it. You have to be taken out because you dared to offend them. That's where it's going. Let me tell you how this is going. This can how this can work. I hope that. My my, you know, view of the future is wrong, but there's been a lot more people with better educations and uh, can put it into, you know, words that that uh, sing that I can't do. Uh, All I do is bring it to your knowledge. So you start thinking about it and start reacting to it. And and that is people like Huxley and, and Orwell and others saw this coming. And they wrote books about it and uh, said, you know, you start here where we're at right now, but you end up in the end seven years in prison because you, you, you're you sitting and you're having uh, dinner with somebody or you're at a, an event and somebody says, well, boys that think their girls should be able to, you know, com- uh, compete in girls' sports, and you stand up and say, no, they they shouldn't. A boy can't be a girl, and a girl can't be a boy. That can get you seven years in prison. Think about that you for a moment. That? Just Staying think about that for fact. a moment. That's right. Yeah, just a yeah, biological fact. a biological fact. fact. Unbelievable, just, huh? It, that's, uh, that's very, very... Uh, you know, as we try to say on the air, uh, 
a cold compress on free speech. If you think you might be able to get seven years in prison for something you say, you won't say it. I'm just saying they don't have to pay it, pass a law that you can't say it. They'll they'll impose their will on you that way. All right, let's get our final break in, and uh, we'll come back, Elizabeth. Hold your thought. We come back, and uh, we'll let Elizabeth bring her final thought to us about this, and we still got another couple of stories we'd like to touch on. Here on the first hour of the Dave Ellswick Show, I'm up in Branson. Uh, I'm glad that you joined us today. I understand the Bible guys are convening there at the station. So if you're watching Facebook and you're saying there's nobody in the studio, that's right. We're spread out all over uh, Arkansas this morning in the first hour. But the Bible guys will be in the studio here coming up in the next hour. Here uh, next week, i got to make a call to Dustin Turner just as an aside to that that ad you just heard. I'm going to give uh, Dustin a, a call, and I'd like him Mm-mm. to come out and look at my house because I uh, there's some things that I want to do to it before I sell it, but do I really need to do them, or should I just put it up as is, or what? So I, I'm going to I want to talk to him about it. There's three different things he can he can say to you. He can he can tell you, yeah, you need to, to you need to do this. All right. Or he'll say, yeah, put it up as is, all right? Might cost you a few thousand dollars in uh, the money you could get for the house. Or he might make an offer. I don't know. All right. So we just let you know, I'm going to call him next week and have him come out to my house. It's uh, eight minutes till seven. Burger King, uh, and and they have every right to do what they've done here. Don't First of all, don't think that oh, I'm sure. saying they, they can't do this. But they have put an ad together that I believe is going to cost them business. It's not going to get them business, I, or it might get them a little bit of business, but they're going to end up uh, losing, I think, more than they gain. Using a clever bit of bigotry to compare <laughs> themselves to Christian-owned Chick-fil-A. Here's what they tweeted. During Pride Month, even on Sundays... Your chicken sandwich craving can do good. We are making a donation to the Human Rights Commission for every, uh, you know, uh, what uh, is this, the king sandwich, chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. uh, So, yeah, that they sell. So uh, they're making fun of Chick-fil-A because they're a Christian company. That's exactly uh, what this is as far as that goes uh, uh, Burger King donating all their proceeds to an LGBTQ plus group, uh, donating 40, oh, pardon me, not all of it, 40 cents That's for every I sale of its new chicken sandwich, Chiking, to the Human Rights Campaign. And Chiking is the important sound here because they're mm-hmm. trying to drum up business for their chicken sandwich. Yeah. Well, and it's not all of the money. It's only a portion of every sale, and it's only $250,000. Burger King, who makes millions, billions, is going to give a whole 250000 and they're going to use that as their promotion and say how wonderful they are. You know, but yeah, they, USA, yeah, they're attacking Chick-fil-A straight on. Yeah, here's what USA Today said about this. They said, unlike previous capitalistic fanfare wars, you know, the Pepsi taste test and that kind of stuff. This war is not just a measurement 
on which establishment has the better sandwich. This is for LGBTQ plus pride. I mean, are they going to sell it? Are they going to sell it in a rainbow? Well, I'm wondering if they're going to sell it in a rainbow-colored bun. I wouldn't doubt it. Or a rainbow-colored package, you wouldn't be at all surprised. It's Gay Pride Month, after all. You need to know and you need to understand, you know, it's Gay Pride Month, and they are bowing to a constituency and ignoring the Chick-fil-A. I don't know. We've seen this happen with Chick-fil-A before. I I hope Chick-fil-A is ready for another banner sales year. Yeah, it says uh, the company emphasized that the King is available on Sunday, taking a jab at Chick-fil-A, which observes the Sabbath on Sunday. Chick-fil-A, a fast food eatery known for its chicken-based meals. Before 2012, the restaurant regularly donated to anti-LGBTQ plus groups. I, I tend to look at it as they uh, donated towards pro-family groups. And its CEO, Dan Cathy, said supporting same-sex marriage would invite God's judgment uh, on, the, on, the, on the country. Uh, with this mm-hmm. King receiving positive feedback, Burger King is confident it could send a message that love is love. This is written by USA Today, so know that love. they're falling in. They're falling into they love, love is love. Half the country, don't they? They love yeah. the straight half, yeah. Christian half of the country, don't they? They love yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Quote: This is a is community it? we love dearly and have proudly supported over the years. So. We couldn't miss an opportunity to take action and help shine a light on the important conversation that is happening, a Burger King spokesperson told you. Uh, there you got it. That, that lays it all out for you uh, as far as Burger King is, is con, uh, concerned. In, in fact, I'm saying they shouldn't have a Burger King. They should probably change their name to Burger Queen. Ooh, that, why don't they do that? I think that would work out. And I'm just saying, um, if that's what you want to do, then then do it. Well, the, st- the statistics are that 5.6% of U.S. adults identify as LGBT and all those other alphabet letters. So for 5% of the population, the uh, the liberals are turning themselves inside out to show how woke they are. This is all about that. You've been talking for several days. Yesterday, you guys talked about Marxism. All this conversation we've had this morning, we're talking about the words that they're using and how that is changing the way people are thinking and communicating. Those are the first steps to totalitarian censorship. When the person, when you yourself in your mind say, I can't say so-and-so, so-and-so, because something's going to happen to me, that's self-censorship, and that is the first step to shutting us all down. It's going that way. That this is all Marxism. They can call well, it wokeism. They can call it all kinds of cool names for today's world. But that's what it is. Here's here's my my greatest worry about all of this. Where love is love sounds nice, yeah. but isn't when you really you start thinking about it yeah. under <laughs> under just the I don't way always it, do radio they, shows. They, I, mean, I do. They say it. But uh, here's here's what's weird. All right, uh, when you say that, there go- something's going to happen in this country that I've said we've been on the way towards for about ten years now, and that is you know the man-child uh, group uh, that believes in uh, pedophilia and believes that young oh, boys. Yeah. 
can make uh, decisions to have sex with adults and things of that nature. Watch for those laws to start breaking down because love is love. I'm telling you, I've I've warned you about stuff like this before. And in a, in a decade, we're there having a serious conversation about it. it it's coming. It's coming like a tidal wave out there. And uh, we're just trying we'll, to we'll tell talk people about you got it. things to do to stop it. You don't need to sit yep. home and roll up in a ball and give up. No, no, no. That's not what this is all about. Wake nope. up. Got to get. Got to get to it. All right, Bible Thank guys are wrong. next. They're 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 pulling themselves together in the studio. I'm Dave Ellswick. Elizabeth, thanks so much for being part of uh, the show today and getting that information to me about Conway. I appreciate that. All right, Bible Guys after the news. We'll be back in a moment. the Dave Ellswick Show. I am in Branson, Missouri on the uh, the tour that we did here uh, to Branson. And tonight, or this afternoon, in fact, we'll be going to see the big production of Sight and Sound of Jesus. Uh, we got some other things to do this evening. Uh, then we'll pack it up and get back on the road tomorrow at about 8.30, uh, 9 o'clock, and make our way to Louisville, Kentucky, and get to Louisville and... Uh, we're going to have uh, a dinner out on the Bell of Louisville, the uh, paddle boat uh, that's out there on the Ohio River. And then on uh, Thursday, uh, we will make our way to the Ark and see the Ark uh, up there in northern Kentucky. And i got to tell you what, if you've never seen it, you will be amazed by it when you do. And then we make our way back on Friday, and then I'm back in the studio on Monday. So... A busy kind of week for me, but uh, a fun one. I have a great time with the crew. we got 38 people that are on the tour. We were all sold out uh, for this. And uh, for the first time of doing it after COVID-19, it's been a really uh, good experience for all of us. I, I just wonder, if you heard that last uh, hour, and we were talking about Burger King making fun of Chick-fil-A, uh, because they believe in uh, going to church on Sundays and they close on Sunday so that their workers can go to church and, and things of that nature. I just want to, you know, I think it's a, a, a dumb advertising campaign. They have every right in the world to do it, but it's a dumb advertising campaign. And, and I just want to read a Bible verse for them. Uh, to remind them about some different things. From Isaiah in the the 5th chapter and the 20th verse, this is what it says. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, 
who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I have to tell you, if I owned a business, I would never make fun of another company because they want their folks to go to church. I would never make fun of that. That's that's something that's good that people are doing. But in our society now and in our country now, there are people like Burger uh, King, who I, I'm thinking I'm going to start calling Burger Queen, uh, <laughs> who, you know, are, uh, you know, have no problem, no problem in calling good bad. Uh, the Bible guys are in the studio. I'm not, but it's it's like I'm sitting there with them. This is kind of, guys. This is this kind of make you feel like the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? <laughs> well, um, that's a bit, a bit of a stretch, Dave. Right. <laughs> I'm not comparing well, myself. You know, I'm I, really I think not. if we want to do some laughing, we should just need to compare uh, Burger King's revenue with Chick Fil A's revenue, and then yeah. we'll see who's laughing. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't. I I don't deny that, but this is a a, a good evidence of somebody a major company calling somebody bad because they do something good that's incredible to me it really really is all right that's scott you know scott stewart he's in the studio steve hess is there and i understand billy is there miller is there as well so the whole crew is there and then scott you got a special guest with us today yes i do pastor kerry gordon from sioux city iowa he's uh visiting his family here in town he's a friend of mine and uh brought him with me this morning good don't don't uh uh don't be shy jump right into the fray here as that's we not get a problem into... for carrie <laughs> good as we get into all these uh, questions that we're going to have so let's start off with the first one that i got it says uh dear bible guys I think you have spoken about this topic before, but I was wondering what your thoughts were on this idea of transhumanism. Now, Billy and I have talked about this a lot, uh, you know, this this meld, uh, melding of, of machine or computer and humans. All right. I was hoping that Billy could speak about this from a technical perspective, but more importantly, I would like to hear from Dr. Stewart and Pastor Steve from a spiritual or biblical perspective on the subject. Is this something we should be worried about, and how likely is it that this will be a problem in our lifetime? Well, right now, let me just chime in and just say a lot of this right now that you're seeing is the good side of the sword. Uh, is what you're seeing. You're seeing people being able to see again because mm. they they can make a you know a, an electronic eye. You're seeing people that uh, some new uh, research I just saw and are the people are going to be able to walk again because they're uh, being able to use computers to help uh, go around uh, nerves that have been severed and things that, that and of that nature. But there is a much darker side to this. And Billy, I'll, I'll let him start this conversation off. Billy, there's a dark side to this. You want to talk about it? Yeah, there, there really is. Um, so tinkering with the creation, right? Um, it, it is kind of the, the thing that man has done since um, the garden is, is that we are here, we are here to, to mess with creation. Uh, originally, that was supposed to be in a caretaker sort of position, but we have we have never failed to move beyond that. Um, right from the very beginning, we decided to move beyond that. Right, and this whole movement, this whole movement is 
couched in terms of improving humanity, right? Uh, God didn't do a good enough job, mm-hmm. therefore we're going to fix humanity. Uh, and, and there are several things going on right now that um, are particularly concerning. Um, one of those is the artificial creation of new organs, and a lot of that is being done with donor tissue from animals that are simply unclean. Um, for instance, they've grown hearts now based on pig DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, that concerns me more than a little. Yeah. <laughs> if I have a heart attack and the only option is a pig heart, just go ahead and let me expire, all right? Um, I, think I've, I think I've made that statement before, and I stick by it. Do not stick a pig heart inside of me. Are there any electronics involved in that, or is it just, no, it's just straight straight organic up, um, material? This is straight up organ replacement, and yeah. they are moving towards. Um, so we've seen three D printed kidneys at this point. Um, they're they're not viable yet, but they're very quickly moving towards viability. Um, that again is from donor tissue. Although I think that one is actually uh, human stem cell um, donor tissue. There there is this, and it's it sounds wonderful, right? You know, if an if an organ wears out or is damaged, we'll just replace it. Um, except that that's not the way God designed us, and he certainly didn't design us to be taking in this foreign DNA and integrating that into our bodies. Um, now, the long-term goal for transhumanism is is literally that, right, to go beyond what it is to be human. Uh, Musk has talked about uh, essentially being able to plug your brain into the Internet. Um, that is That research is ongoing, uh, although I haven't, I haven't seen any articles on that in the last four or five months maybe. Maybe I just missed them, but I haven't seen anything in maybe as much as six months. But um, this whole um, idea of directly connecting your brain to all this extra information. Um, Sing- singularity. Right, well, singularity, the singularity yeah. really goes beyond even that. Um, sing- the singularity is the moment when a computer or network becomes as smart as humans because the moment that happens, it immediately becomes smarter than humans. How, right? f- how far away is that? I mean, if you were going to just... Ten, ten years ago, they were saying 2050 to 2060. Um, the last report I saw, which was um, just three or four weeks ago, maybe before the end of the decade. It, it could happen this decade. Um, the moment that we... And, and those who are in the know describe it of one of two ways. Summoning our own God or summoning the demons. And the fact that we couch those things in spiritual terms should give us a pretty big clue about what's going on, right? Well, what do you do with an intelligence... That is so much superior to you that it's making decisions you don't even understand anymore, and that's that's where we're headed, and we're we're headed there with reckless abandon. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a dangerous, dangerous thing when the when the most brilliant minds in the world are saying, "Hey, we should step on the brakes here and take a look at what we're doing." Um, you you might want to listen, and and that's I'm not talking about just religious folks. I'm, I'm talking about secular folks out there. I'm talking about folks involved in technology. From a strictly, hey, what are we doing point of view, the the big brains out there are going, uh, maybe we should stop and look at this before we, you know, once you yeah, drive Hawkins that car. and people yeah, like that. Once you drive that car off that cliff, there's no hitting the brakes at that point. So there, right. there's a there's a moment coming, unfortunately, uh, and I don't I don't think we're ready for it as humans. Yeah. So, hey, Carrie, you read a lot about that, about the, you know, you're, you're ta- we were talking about Musk just the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you... Um, how would you chime into with what uh, Billy was saying? Well, he's, a, he's exactly right. Elon Musk has uh, already put an electrode inside the brain of a pig, and they can translate. Basically, it, it's connecting to the snout. So when the, when the pig smells certain things, it makes certain sounds, and the computer can translate the electrical impulses of the brain into something recognizable to us, and 
by doing that, they're going to, you know, Elon is saying very confidently, we're going to help people walk again. And there's a, there's a humanitarian side that's very, very uh, alluring. And, and there's probably nothing wrong with helping people that can't walk, walk, right? Yeah. And no one's going to oppose that. But it's, it's the goal and the theology behind it that's the problem. And the theology behind it is as old as the serpent hanging mm-hmm. from a branch in Eden who said, if you will just break a command that God gave you and cross the line, you'll become sort of a superhuman. You can be more like God than you are. Mm-hmm. And it was a deception. And so the first transhumanist was Satan. Yeah. And Satan is very convincing. He was able to convince angels to voluntarily leave heaven. That's a big deal. <laughs> so if, if he's that convincing, then, you know, and he's still at work behind all of this. And this is the natural crescendo of Darwinian evolution. Mm. If you're a consistent Darwinian evolutionist, you assume that man is only a body and soul. You're a sack of liquid neurons. That's it. When you die, you're dead like a dog. You're not a spirit. You reject religious uh, concepts of the three-part human. So you're just a sack of liquid neurons with electrical impulses. If that's all we are, then you can see why they'd want to download our, what you and I would call a soul or a spirit. They want to download it into the internet. We can live forever. And, but it, this is the crescendo of Darwinian evolution. We have to become something greater than we are. And this is how we do it. And this is all the replacement of course, of the truth, which is the only way that we can become greater than what we are is through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of our sins. Mm -hmm. And then in the resurrection, we'll become everything we were supposed to be. So it's, it's interesting. Um, You've got Darwin uh, inserting himself in history and he basically breaks apart the biology of man and and separates it from the theology of, of Christian influence and then you have Freud, and Freud is probably the second big momentous uh, moment in history where he questions the very nature and existence of sin. So you've got the mm-hmm. intellectual man denying the existence of sin mm-hmm. and then passing every boundary given to us fundamentally in the Ten Commandments. And you have Darwin disassociating us from the creation story. And so now we're going to merge technology and biology and try to become something that you can't do without Jesus Christ. You yeah, can never right. be better. You're always going to be wicked in your heart. You're always going to be sinful. You're always going to be longing for something more. Never fulfilled, no matter how many robotic parts you put in your body. Right. Yeah. And it, it is it is a fool's errand, and it's a deception of that same snake hanging mm-hmm. from the branch. Yeah. And what always happens, instead of getting upgraded, you get downgraded. That's right. 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 Eve was convinced, I'll be able to see better and clearer if I just violate what God said, because this serpent talked her into it. Well, what happened? She became blind. That's right. Yeah. I got to jump in here, guys. We got to get a break. I'm just thinking what uh, what Carrie said about the the pig smelling food, and they can put into words what he's kind of thinking and i'm thinking he's thinking eat more chicken it would be wouldn't it it really would be all right let's say let's get a break in and then we'll come back and uh, these are the things we're going to talk about today on the dave ellswick show with the bible guys all right we're with the bible guys in the studio 24 minutes after seven on a tuesday i am in branson uh, continuing on with our little rock tours uh 
trip that we uh, came up with and with uh, 38 listeners having a great time here in Branson, uh, Missouri. We're going to go go see Jesus this afternoon at uh, Sight and Sound. Looking forward to that. Uh, there was another part of this question. Let me give you part B, guys. It says, and, and it's directed towards me. It says, Dave, do you think that the military might like the idea of creating a super soldier? I mean, if it is a feasible idea, could this be sold to the American people as a good thing to keep us safe? All right. And the answer to, of that is yes, it, it can be. Let, let's understand that we've used chemicals now mm-hmm. uh, for 70, 80 years uh, for soldiers. Uh, the Blitzkrieg uh, that the uh, Germans had, they couldn't figure out why uh, they could fight for so long and they seem to be so fast. And they found out uh, with going through the uh, archives that they got from uh, the Nazis that the reason that that happened is because they had they had their soldiers on meth. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's exactly what they did. They were giving them uh, speed so that they, they didn't have to sleep. They didn't have to stop to eat. They could, they could fight. We do that with our own. So, Steve, you're well aware of this. They can give us pills if, if it, they want to keep us awake because we've got some kind of, of uh, you know, uh, attack going on, for better words, uh, against an enemy. And they want uh, they want more out of us. They, they can do that, and they have done that before. Well, the so, discussion's uh, being had yeah. now is whether or not we should cross that line, which I'm sure we have. Yeah. Because the the Chinese and the Russians have, yep, yep. you know, that's I mean, of course, I haven't been in the, uh, you know, the rooms while they're doing the studies. But that's the discussion that you'll hear from some different radio programs. They've done what? That they've already started working on uh, super soldiers. You right. know, almost chemically a, enhanced or medic or all of the above. Oh, all of the above. Uh, oh, all all of the above. Yeah, I right. mean, they want to do it all. They'll, they'll tell you that the concept in the movie of Captain America is a reality for them. Mm. So, that, like, like Captain America was a super soldier, correct? Yeah, and that the Chinese and the Russians are already doing that stuff because they have no morals and ethics when it comes to that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's all about victory. Well, we're all about making people feel good about, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, wokeness, whatever you want to call it. Right. That's what we're concerned about, why our enemies are training for war. We, yeah, we don't want, we don't want to hurt good. people's feelings. Correct. And so right. They, 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 don't right. Care. they, they want well, to sever your head, and we're making sure they feel comfortable yeah. about this. So yeah. last, week's, last week's tour portion included the spies in the land, right? And we, we kind of got a similar situation, right? We've gone and looked at Russia and China and realized they had giants. And instead of either withdrawing or attacking, we decided to try to build our own giants. That, yeah. That's what's going on there. Yeah, you're saying something, well, Dave. Yeah. How long? How long ago did the movie Universal Soldier come out? Um, thirty years. I, I, it, it has just bubbled back up on Netflix. Which I have I've never even heard so, of it. Watch it. Oh, it's a good movie. Is it? Yeah. Watch yeah. it. I'm telling you, watch it. It's your future. Universal well, the one Soldier that we, that we <laughs> brought up a little bit while off air was the um, idea of being able to help people, you know, walk again, see again, hear again is, is, is fine. I don't think there's a, a, a moral issue to that. The moral issue is that when they're trying to make people live forever or they're trying to help them overcome, you know, sin or addictions, um, well, just sin, not so much addictions, I would just say sin, to try and make them feel good about walking in sin. That's the issue with trying to change their, you know, I don't know, cognitive perspective, yeah. their moral perspective, that kind of thing. And that's the issue that we would have with, uh, from a spiritual perspective with transhumanism. Well, there, and there, there may be another, I, I, I've wrestled with this idea. So um, the man who was born blind, 
was it his sin or his parents' sin? Correct. And the, the response is neither. This was so that the glory of God could. So we are we are taking the opportunity to steal the glory of God mm-hmm. by going, hey, we don't need God to fix these things anymore. We'll right. just do it ourselves. Yep. Um, so I've, I've got a bit of a moral dilemma there as well. Um, it's not just the serpent, but it's also Babel. Right. It's also right. climbing Absolutely. up and making ourselves like God. All right, guys, we got to take a break for the bottom of the hour. We got Rush. We'll be playing uh, some stuff from Rush here in just a moment. Uh, take care of some business as far as keeping the lights on at the radio station. And then uh, I got another question for you. This one I really liked uh, talking. Somebody asked, you know, was really happy about that. We let people write in and ask questions. And they're asking, they want to hear what the Bible guys think about what the church's responsibility to Israel might be, if any. I heard the conversation from last week about how you guys might handle the current military situation. But what about the church's responsibility to Israel? There's more to that question. We'll bring it to you when we come back and get an answer for you in just a moment. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys are in the studio. I'm in Branson. Heidi's back at the uh, studio as well uh, over on the Starship Enterprise side, keeping everything running, keeping me on the air, keeping the guys in the studio under control. That is a that is a major task in and of itself. Like herding cats. Uh, yeah, and when we, uh, when we left, I, I read the beginning of a question that was sent to us dealing with Israel and asking about some of the stuff that's going on over there currently with the military situation with Hamas and the missiles and the Iron Dome and all of that, and uh, asking what the church is supposed to do to handle the situation, or should we be doing uh, anything at this time? And then the last part of this question, guys, was I was wondering how you all might interpret Luke 960. How are the dead supposed to bury the dead? And I got my own ideas about that, but and because I I think you're talking about in scripture there are two different things. But uh bottom line is Israel. How should the church be responding right now to Israel? I'll I'll jump in on that. Well, um First of all, um, we're commanded to pray um, for uh, for the peace of uh, Jerusalem in particular, because uh, that, of course, is uh, is the capital. But as as believers, we have a responsibility. Actually, I have a verse here I'd like to read. Um, this is the Apostle Paul uh, writing here in the book of Romans, and it says here in um, Romans fifteen twenty seven, it says, and it pleased them verily. And their debtors they are. The Gentiles are the debtors. It says, for if the Gentiles had been made partaker of the Jews' spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them of their carnal things. So he's saying here, if the Gentiles have received anything from the Jews' spiritual things, it becomes the responsibility of the Gentiles to communicate or to, this, is, this has to do with communicating either giving or in a physical way, we have responsibility of communicating out of our natural material things. So there's an exchange here. And so the question should be asked, has the church received anything spiritual from the Jews? Oh, 
Hello. Let's start from <laughs> yeah. You start with the the Messiah. You want to start with the the Bible. You want to go back to uh, Mary and Joseph. You want to go back to uh, uh, God Himself. So everything that we have as believers comes from the Jew spiritual thing. So therefore, it becomes our responsibility, or the King James uses the word duty, to communicate or partner with them out of our natural, carnal, material thing. So we we have a spiritual responsibility to be praying for them, but also we have a natural responsibility to be giving and to be participating in some uh, in some way uh, with the Jews' spiritual things. One thing that we do as, and I don't mean to dominate, so everybody just jump in, but I, uh, one thing that we do as a church is we, we give to the, um, the Jewish National Fund. We, take, we try to take up, a, um, we used to do this on an annual basis. We'd give a, a large sum to this. But what, basically what happens is the Jewish National Fund, they go and they purchase land owned by um, Arabs, they purchase that land from them, and once they purchase it, they deed it back to the nation of Israel and increase the borders of Israel. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're working to actually, through purchasing, regain the borders of the um, of the promised land. So um, that's, a, that's an expressive way. I think also on a spiritual sense, I would encourage everybody, I have it on my phone, uh, you can get an app every time a missile is fired at Israel from um, you know, from an, an enemy, the um, your phone will go off, and you can immediately begin to uh, begin to pray. Red alert! Yeah, yeah, the red alert! Yeah, that yeah. It was called red alert. But the other thing that you need to find um, good churches like Agape. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. That um, that don't buy into the foolishness and heresy of replacement theology. Yes, so right. the reason that most churches don't care. Uh, about what's happened in Israel is because they just view them as some political anomaly that happened about 100 years ago or 70 years ago, depending on how far you want to get into the history, and that this is not the hand of God. This is not the fulfillment of prophecy is is how they view it. And we are moving to a place that you need to hear me. We're moving to a place where the world's going to say one day, we will have peace when they're not there. The same, and they're going to blame, just like Hitler did, just like the Russians did, just like um, the Persians did. They're going to blame the Jews, and they are. Well, look at anti-Semitism's rise right now all around the world. Correct. And we need to pray because Israel is going to be pushed into corners. Zechariah, Ezekiel, all that stuff's about to be fulfilled before our eyes. And we're watching um, our nation turn its back on Israel. Europe already has. The rest of the world has, for the most part, but not to the level of the biblical level yet, but we're, we're approaching it. It's very serious. It's very serious. I think something that's very important that's usually missing is we have to understand who loved the nation of Israel the most in the Bible. It was the prophets. Mm. And what did the prophets do primarily? They called Israel to repentance. Mm -hmm. I think Israel needs to be called to repentance every bit as much as the United States. Absolutely. Because they've turned their backs on their own God Mm -hmm. the same way Americans have turned their backs on our creator. Mm -hmm. We we copied Israel in so many ways when Mm -hmm. we became a nation. Mm -hmm. The Ten Commandments were codified into state law in all 13 original states. Mm -hmm. We were a Christian nation based on... You know, Judeo. the Ten Commandments, yeah. Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. ethic. Yeah. We copied them, became the greatest, mightiest nation in the history of the world. Because we did that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now Israel is copying us and doing all the evil things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. They're promoting gay, transsexual, all of this nonsense. Mm-hmm. And they're having huge pride parades. Yeah, just television. Like yeah. mm-hmm. They're trying to be like us. Right. And I actually went to Israel a few years ago during a hot war with Hamas. That was interesting. 
rockets incoming every 15 minutes running for cover. It's a very interesting trip, and I, I, I had the privilege of going to Netanyahu's administration uh-huh. and sitting down. And so I said, essentially, please stop copying the United States. We're doing everything wrong. Go, go back to your roots, you know. But we need to call it, we need to call them to repentance. Their abortion policy as a yep. nation is abhorrent. It's yes. far worse than even America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's tax funded abortion up to the ninth month, and it's required for the females who are in, serving in the military. That is an abomination. I actually said to the chief of staff for the for the prime minister, I said, "You've converted the wombs of Israeli young girls into a new Auschwitz." Oh, right. Ouch. We've got to call them back to repentance. Amen. Just like we have to yeah. get our own nation to repent too. Yes, absolutely. Good point. Good point. Yeah. All right. The uh, second part of this question was, "Let the dead bury the dead," and I think to understand that verse, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you have to understand the preceding verses, so you got to kind of do a little contextualizing here. And there were two persons talking to Christ about wanting to follow him, and one said that, I'll follow you wherever you go, and Jesus told him, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And uh, the last guy says, uh, you know, he said to another man, follow me. But that person said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father, which was important in Jewish culture. But here's the key about this, is that both of these people were being called by Christ to come to Christ. They... try to make it simplified, they weren't Christians, all right? They weren't believers. So if they weren't believers, they were spiritually dead. So then you say, let the dead bury their dead. Am I right? I, I think that um, if I think if you um, you take it f- from the literal meaning, I think you take it to uh, what you're saying, and you can see that because the next verse he talks about to to follow him. So he is calling these people to follow him. Um, one thing that I would suggest here, and you guys can jump in on this, of course, um, there was a there was a practice in Israel um, during that day um, where um, let me just go ahead and back up. When this man says, let me go bury my father, Jesus would never have told him, don't do that. Correct. Because that would have been in violation of the commandment about honoring his father. So there's something more going on here. And the phrase here, the dead burying the dead, is the key phrase because there's something uh, that existed in in, uh, in ancient Israel called second burial. Uh, And so what would happen is your, your relative would die and you would wait basically a year. This allowed the, the the flesh to be off the bone, and they would dig up the dead body mm-hmm. and put it into what's called an ossuary, which is actually translated a bone box. And yep. they'd put all the bones in it, and they would take the bones to uh, the Mount of Olives, and they would deposit it in the Mount of Olives. It was called second burial. So when he's and that was not a God or. Uh, ordained mm-hmm. th- thing you were not supposed to do that so i think this is what jesus is he's, it's twofold what you're saying dave is right he's calling him to to follow him but but also he is um telling him stop with that tradition let the dead yeah. bury the dead you you're, you're you're living you come and follow me but directly i believe it's referring to digging up the bones of his deceased father put yeah. him into the ossuary and taking them to the they Mount of Olives that, in Jerusalem they believe that year of the flesh coming off the bones basically like how we would view the sin of the flesh would then make them worthy to be gathered to their fathers which is their bones would be gathered put into that bone box and then they would be 
able to go into eternity, basically. And so that's why he said that is a dead process. Yeah. Yeah. So let the dead go bury the dead. And he's supposed to be buried before sundown. So the sun shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been hanging out with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know that it was this process. And he ha- and since his father was supposed to be buried before sundown, like Pastor Scott said, he would have violated the commandment to honor his father. And he shouldn't have been hanging out. He should have been mourning the fact that his dad right. died sometime right. within a few hours. Yeah, that's, and, a good, that's a good point because he would not have been speaking have been to Jesus right. if his father was still not buried. Correct. He would have actually been what, what we call sitting Sheva. He would, have been in, he would have been in time of mourning. He wouldn't have been around anyone. So this is certainly pointing to the fact that this is the second burial thing we're talking about here. And, and this pushes up just a little bit towards um, the prescriptions against necromancy against um, honoring the dead in an inappropriate way um you know this as you said it's not a god-ordained thing and god would never have ordained something like we know today the problem with with dead things right i mean there's there's all the disease that goes with that and the all that stuff god would never have ordained something like this um there's no prescription specific except that hey you're not supposed to be messing around with necromancy at all so no no doing anything with the dead um and they shouldn't have been doing this period yeah um so this is uh but it was um, so common because you find yeah. we, we archaeologically we dig up these mm-hmm. these bone boxes yeah. all the time i mean yeah. we actually have one um at our church yeah. have, we have one at she's gonna and say they, uh, they found there's no, there's no right there's no bo- bones in bo- them. no yeah. it's just a box it's just a empty box one of the, one of the big <laughs> you worried um, me there one of the big archaeological and historical um things that we've had in the church is that they found caiaphas yes the guy who stood before and prosecuted yeshua jesus mm-hmm. yeah. and we know yeah. that because there's the inscription yep. on the on the lid telling us that was very common also you would you put on the lid who the the body was uh who the body was and we have found the caiaphas yep all right, let's take our final break. We come back. I got a final question for our guests. The Bible guys are in the house. We'll uh, have their question for them when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Final segment of the uh, Dave Ellswick Show for a Tuesday with the Bible guys. Steve Hess, I don't want you to be in trouble with your wife. <laughs> How about talking a little bit about that anniversary? He, mu- he must have heard something. Must have heard something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I want to take the opportunity to wish uh, my wonderful, patient, loving wife a happy anniversary of 28 years. Patient so, for love sure. Love you, baby. Well done, patient my friend. Sure. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Sounded like John Cena talking to the Chinese there. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm afraid? That's our consensus here. That's right. All right. Here is your last question. I was wondering if the Bible guys could address the issue of the name of God. I grew up hearing God called Jehovah, but now I almost exclusively hear him referred to as Yahweh, with some noticeable exceptions. So I was wondering, what is the real name of God, and why is there such a huge difference between the two? Why the change? Let's answer that, and then I'll finish up the question for you. The short answer is that there are no J's in the uh, Hebrew language, so the uh, English translation of Jehovah is just wrong. And uh, <laughs> if you take away the J, you got Yehovah, that's one way. But then there is another way to pronounce the V as a wa, and which is where we get the Yahweh instead of Yahweh or Yehovah. So, it, and like all good things in in church or Hebrew roots or whatever, we can't do anything without arguing about it. And so that's why there <laughs> there is um, 
you know, a couple different ways. And while you'll hear one group say that it's Yahovah and another one say that it's, it's Yahweh, uh, the biggest consensus and one of the guys that I follow who actually has his Ph.D. in Semitic languages says that it is Yahweh. Uh, yeah. But that is the main reason why it is not Yaho or Jehovah, because there are no J's yeah. in the Hebrew language. And that, that's that's one of the one of the big deals. Which means uh, even even the the King James Bible when it was published in right. 1611, right. there were no J's. Right. Uh, so you know uh, Shakespeare had never heard of anybody called Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Or of any, anyone called Jacob or Jehovah. Right. And part of the problem with uh, and, and the, the J actually began in the Italian alphabet. And then the French adopted a J, and eventually the English got a hold of it. So it's, it has a long uh, history, and that's only been since uh, the mid sixteen hundreds. So about four hundred years old. Yeah, so I mean it's relative. It's new compared to you know the span of time that uh, we've existed. But also one of the other problems with the whole uh, Jehovah thing is what they've done there is the uh, the Masoretes. They actually put on the name of Yahweh. They put the vowel points for the word Adonai. So mm-hmm. when you look at it, you it makes you pronounce it wrong because yeah. they wanted you to pronounce it wrong. Right. They wanted to protect the ineffable, unpronounceable name. So they put the wrong vowel points on it. So you would automatically pronounce it in, incorrectly and that way it protected it. And when you put the J on there, it gave us that word uh, Jehovah. But you take them away and it's the, uh, the word Yahweh. And we know it's that because everywhere in the Bible, there would be, it would never be pronounced uh Yeho, because yeah, there's no yeah. I mean, Yahweh is always that way. Hallelujah. Yeah. There's always, yeah. it's always, the shortened form of God is always Yah. It never is yeah. <clears throat> so, um, very good. Yeah. Yep. And there's a lot more, a lot more to it than that. But, but that, yeah. That, and the reason why is because we have, have more scholarship in the, um, <coughs> in the church world. And, uh, and so, um, it, Yahweh's been, been at now becoming predominant and praise god for it yeah. and now you're hearing more and more songs that are singing about yeshua mm-hmm. yep. and so i think eventually given given time there will probably be uh, a move in that direction which is only right yep. yeah it's one of those things that um most uh, modern denominations don't understand is just how much we've lost in the last 2000 years of yeah. having to rediscover about our faith right uh, as as our faith became romanized um we lost many of the things that were on second, um, just kind of uh, everyday part of life for those who were walking and living mm-hmm. that thing at the time. And, all you got to do is just, read Constantine's letters yeah. from 325 and see how he directly attacked all the Judaic yep. elements of the Christian faith and wanted to make it more Roman. And unfortunately, when you can enforce it by law. And there's actually a very great end times argument for why all of that had to happen. Yeah. I, I don't even know. And why it's being restored at this, point, at this time. Correct. So. Because one of the questions people got to ask themselves is why, if, if everything ended at the cross, if everything ended at the resurrection, then why would the enemy still be attacking the Jews and sending them all around the right. world for 2,000 right. years? Why? Because Jesus said he couldn't come back until the Jewish people, until Jerusalem said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. If he could destroy the Jewish people, then they cannot make that declaration, and technically Jesus couldn't come back. Mm. So there's a reason that all of these things and why we got separated, because we had to make Jesus as Roman as possible so the Jewish people could never see him as their Messiah. It goes back to the analogy of of, um, Joseph. Uh, because the Jewish people typically believe in two messiahs, they say. Mm-hmm. One is the Messiah, son of David. One is the Messiah, son of Joseph. Taking off the story of Joseph, where he was disguised, looked like a Gentile, and eventually was revealed to his brothers, and they saw him. That's the music. So I'm going to yield to you, Dave. Yep, we are out of time, guys. So we'll take up the second part of that question next week, talking about 
current church attendance and uh We've seen a dramatic decline in attendance, uh, this this questioner says. Is this the new normal, or is it the beginning of the end? So that will open up the next edition of uh, The Bible Guys. Thanks for uh, our our friend from Iowa for joining us today. I hope you had a great time I did. Uh, wrestling with a few things here on the air. Um, I think this hour is always interesting because it's not just about... Uh, what you would normally think is, uh, you know, Christian apologetics, but also about uh, how those apologetics fit into a fallen world. All right, it's Dave Ellswick Show. Appreciate you all being here. Tomorrow, you, Congressman you, Hill and Congressman Westerman. And, uh, of course, I'll be talking with other folks as well. Until then, have a great day. See you at 6 a.m. I can never tell you just how much good it's going to do.